Good morning on this uh, Sunday morning. I'm so glad to be able to come to you through Facebook and through YouTube and uh, be able to spend a few moments together this morning rejoicing in the Lord. Uh, every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday and this is the day the Lord has made. So uh, I'm privileged to be able to, to speak to you this morning. Uh, if you're watching this and you are new to Pittsfield Church of the Nazarene and our Facebook and YouTube outreach uh, broadcasts. I want to welcome you and I also want to introduce myself. My name is Greg McLean. I am the associate pastor, staff pastor here at Pittsfield Church of the Nazarene, primarily in charge of youth ministry and youth and families. So I just want to welcome you and thank you for being a part of this time together. I pray and trust that the Lord will use it and use our time together uh, to honor himself, to bring glory to himself, and to equip us and enrich us and enable us to serve him in these days. Boy, these are trying times for us as a church here locally. Uh, we've had to take a step back and uh, go back to online services uh, just to provide the best uh, care for all of our congregation. and. Uh, that's just a, a reality that we're dealing with right now. But we're trusting the Lord and believing that uh, the days ahead are going to see uh, his hand at work and, and improving. He's been doing remarkable things. And I hope that even in the midst of uh, being a people living in the land of COVID and viruses and, and everything that's gone on, I, I hope that you have been looking for opportunities to share Jesus to let other people know because that's our hope as Christians that we might uh, be salt and light in the world and uh, I think it's a beautiful thing I often remark to the congregation when uh, we have opportunities to be together in this space uh, that I love those moments when you can see how God is putting the pieces together and just communicating to hearts uh, clearly and that's where we find ourselves Again, uh, I had anticipated preaching on this Sunday, and so as I was preparing and praying, the Lord just seemed to direct me to Matthew chapter 5, and uh, obviously uh, his Sermon on the Mount there, a powerful, powerful passage of Scripture. And uh, it was wonderful that uh, without even knowing it, without us communicating it together, uh, Pastor BJ felt uh, led as well to to go to Matthew chapter 5 and share from there uh, in a devotional that uh, that he shared on Thursday uh, through Facebook as well and I hope you caught that and if you didn't it's archived and you can watch that as well and I'd encourage you to do that certainly be praying we do have uh, a few in the congregation who are experiencing health issues some related to COVID, some not, but uh, uh, be praying uh, for them and for us as a congregation, for the leadership. You know, folks, uh, these, are, these are trying days. There's no manual, there's no textbook for how to handle days like this. And uh, I believe that we are being well led by people who love the Lord and are wanting to just seek his face and follow him and, and strive to find the best way forward. Uh, Let's just pray together uh, as we begin the message this morning and as God leads us today. 
I'll try to be brief, but uh, thank you for listening today, and may the Lord be honored and glorified in the message today. Would you bow with me for prayer? Father, we need you so much. These are challenging days and trying days in some ways for your people, but I believe they are also glorious days and victorious days for the people called Christians and in particular the people called Nazarenes here in this world. You raised us up as a denomination a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago, to proclaim scriptural holiness to a lost and dying world, to lift up the name of Jesus. And I believe the opportunities are greater now than they ever were. And certainly in this climate, when there is fear and dread and, and angst and worry over, uh, over a COVID virus, and, and that is certainly affecting people and affecting lives. And uh, it's, uh, Satan is, is utilizing it as well to try to divide and to tear down as he always does. He has nothing in mind but lying and stealing and, and death and destruction. So I pray, O oh God, that you would uh, draw us close to your great heart this morning. Once again, Lord, help us to just uh, sense your presence, to be reminded of, of who we are and who you are this morning, to be grateful and thankful for what you've done in our lives uh, we lift up those, Lord, who need a physical touch from you. But, Lord, uh, we pray especially that souls would be reached today and encouraged and, and won to you through the proclamation of the word and the gospel. Uh, for you remind us, you teach us in your word, that we shouldn't fear only those uh, who, can, who can attack and destroy the body, whether that's Satan or disease or, or other people. We shouldn't fear them. We should fear the the one who can destroy the soul in hell. So, Lord, uh, help us this morning to, to, to be reminded and to remain focused on what really matters, what really is important, not to be uh, too distracted, even by something as serious as uh, a virus in our land. You have an answer for that. You have a hope for your people. Teach us from your word this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you haven't already done so, I'd invite you to grab a Bible, uh, either on your phone or, uh, or a Bible yourself, uh, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to spend just a few moments uh, there looking at uh, something that I believe is, is very important, certainly important in these days, uh, and I think it's being uh, seen and amplified everywhere we go, and that is that, that we have a great influence as Christians, we have a great influence. Uh, even if you're not a Christian, even if you, uh, you don't typically watch videos like this or you don't typically uh, go to church or you aren't particularly religious, so to speak, you have an influence. There is at least one other person somewhere in your life that's being impacted by you. So the real question then becomes, what is your influence? What kind of influence are you having? What, what difference is it making? Is it for good or bad? What does that look like? And I want to help guide our thoughts in that and, and maybe share some direction and help in that by, by having us look into the life of Jesus, particularly at this early stage as Matthew talks about it in his gospel. In the chapter previous to Matthew chapter 5, 
we see a few things about Jesus' life. Uh, we certainly see that his, his ministry is just beginning. He's been tempted in the wilderness and, uh, and gone through that whole scene of Satan tempting him. And, and now he has gone uh, out into uh, the region of the Galilee there. And uh, he's left Nazareth. And he is beginning what we would call his earthly ministry there in the early days. He has, he has called the, the disciples uh, to himself, uh, those, those 12 who were, uh, uh, who were to be that, that core group of early followers who would establish the church and the mission and the gospel in the world. Uh, he has proclaimed, and it ought to always be our message, Jesus has proclaimed in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That, that ought to always be a part of our message uh, as Christians and as Christian churches. Everywhere we go, repent. Everyone needs to hear that message that, that there is a, a condition of man where we are lost in sin without Jesus and we need to repent, we need to turn to him, we need to seek forgiveness and call upon him for salvation. There's no greater message. I was just uh, sharing with someone the other day uh, that uh, if the church doesn't fulfill its mission of sharing the gospel, proclaiming the gospel to the world, everything else we do can be done by other organizations, other civic groups, everything else and it and it does happen in one capacity or another but the church particularly has the responsibility to proclaim to be witnesses to testify to tell others the gospel of Jesus Christ and and that message centers around this notion that Jesus proclaims repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near like i said Jesus proclaims this he calls the 12 to himself and then the Bible says in chapter 4 that he goes through Galilee teaching in their churches, proclaiming the good news, and healing every disease and sickness. That, that ought to be good news for us today, that, that though we see uh, the effects of, of a pandemic, a disease in our world, uh, regardless of how you feel about the approach or the reaction, uh, when we see this gripping our world, we are not without hope. Now, this is not an enemy that is greater than our God, greater than our Savior. The Bible says that Jesus, uh, almost as an, as an afterthought of, of, of course this is what he did, that he just went about proclaiming the good news, teaching from church to church, and healing every disease and sickness. So, look up. Be encouraged. Jesus absolutely has the answer for you and for me, no matter what we are afflicted with. My own family uh, is touched by physical need and uh, in, a, in a very intimate and personal way. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful that uh, uh, for the doctors and nurses and all that they can do, but I am, I am more grateful, more thankful that I have a Savior who has the answer, who is my hope and is my Redeemer and my family's hope and my family's redeemer. So we're not worried. We're not concerned about it. We're just going to trust the Lord and keep moving forward. He's got us in his hands and he's going to be faithful. He's got you too. Trust him. 
trust his heart for you today and trust his plan. There may be some difficult steps, but he is greater than what's in the world and what's going on in the world today. Praise his name. Well, I'd invite you to look with me, Matthew chapter 5. The text for this morning is, is Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's then good for nothing but to be tr thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. These are the words of Jesus. Thanks be to God. These are the words of Jesus, particularly when after he has healed every disease and spoken to the people, obviously he draws a crowd. And so he's gone up on the Mount of Olives to, to be able to look out over the crowd and proclaim this message and, uh, and be able to speak to everyone and be heard by everyone. And it becomes what we will later understand it to be his longest uh, message, sermon. It goes on for several chapters here in the book of Matthew. But in these four verses, Jesus summarizes the believer's function. Now I'm speaking to those who have proclaimed Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You've come to that place of saying, yes, I believe. And, and I don't want to just have, have a, a service or be religious. I, I want my identity to be in Christ. I want to know Him. I want to live for him, I want to have a Christ-like influence out into the world. So in these four verses, that's what he's talking about, is our influence. Um, whoever lives according to the Beatitudes, uh, these instructions that Jesus gives in verses 3 through 12, uh, we know them by phrases like, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And on and on and on. These wonderful phrases. Uh, they teach us that if we live by these Beatitudes, verses 3 through 12, we will be like salt and light in the earth. You see, the reason why this is crucial is because Jesus' focus for you and me was on being, not just doing. And in fact, it was an understanding that before you can ever do, you have to be. Much like at Pentecost, when Jesus had this group of disciples that he had, had, that had stuck with him through thick and thin, through it all, and were there uh, prior to his ascension, they were ready to go, ready to take on the world. And he said, wait, you need to remain in Jerusalem until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Before you can do, you've got to be. And uh, if you're going to just go and try to just do ministry and, and do evangelism and do witnessing and reaching and, and do the Christian thing out in the world, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit first, if you're not born again, if you haven't repented of your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, accepted His forgiveness, believed on him by faith and become a new new creation then you're going to wear out 
You're just going to be doing it on your own strength. You're always going to feel exhausted and, and worn out. And I've, I've, I feel like I can testify to this because I have every reason to look around at my life, and I have for years, and say I ought to be exhausted. I remember one time an evangelist saying they went back and looked at their calendar for the previous year of all that had gone on, and they said, my goodness, when I look back at all that, I ought to be dead. How did I, how did I do all of that? Well, it's, the answer is simple. They had been crucified with Christ. It was no longer they that lived, but Christ that lived in them. And I just want to praise God for that because that's, that's what I feel. That's what I, that's what I, I feel welling up on the inside of me is, is I, I, I'm, I'm involved with so much and there's so many opportunities for ministry. There's so many open doors that God has, has given me. There's so many ways that uh, people have been brought into my life. And I praise God for it. It, it astounds me because I know it's not me. I know it is Christ at work in me, but but it, it, it just invigorates me, it, it, it excites me, it, it makes me want to strive even more to, as Jude says, to contend even more for this faith that we have been given. Uh, folks, I know there's hurting, I know there's pain, I know there's suffering. I have, I have witnessed it firsthand. I've, I've stood at the bedsides and held hands with people and cried with people, uh, weeping with them over loss and separation. It is brutal at times. I don't want to diminish that, and I'm not trying to, to speak down to that at all. But I absolutely believe that if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, sanctified through and through, if we have allowed Jesus Christ to come and live and reign in our hearts and lives, oh, it, it becomes, as he said, a spring of living water that just keeps welling up inside of us. It is real, and he wants it for each and every one of us and 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 he gives us wonderful instruction to follow as well in the beatitudes these hopes these promises but he calls us he calls you and me to be as salt and light to be an influence to to be before we do you see the goal here uh, is to be a person of integrity to be really who you say you are to not just simply speak about Jesus, to not just simply talk about Jesus or, or just simply quote verses or quote theological concepts, but to really be a lover of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, one who has been crucified with Christ, as Paul says in Galatians 2.20. And then when you have integrity because that's who you really are, that's when the influence comes. That's when real influence comes and you really begin to affect lives and change lives. And young people, I hope you hear this today. Get it nailed down early. Your relationship in Christ, that you know him and that you have, have sold out to him and given everything to him. You want to be a person of influence. You want to be a world changer, somebody who impacts the hearts and minds of others for Christ and for eternity then nail it down now. Nail it down early. Who you are in Christ. Give your life completely to Him. Well, let's look back at the text a little more closely. Verses 13 through 16. The, the, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Let's look at that for a second. In verses 13 through 14, we see that there's a presupposition here. Uh, it, it, it would, appears that Jesus acknowledges and presupposes that there is corruption 
and darkness. In other words, there's a need for there to be salt in the earth. There's a need for there to be light. There's a need for that. There's a condition where salt can have an effect, where light can make a difference. There's a need already. Uh, J. Campbell Morgan said, the world needs salt because it is corrupt and it needs light because it is dark. You see, while humanity's knowledge has increased dramatically, exponentially in these, in these days, our morals have progressively degenerated or gone down. Every generation has sinned and every generation, you can mark it down, there has been influence on the world. Some for good, but largely there has been negative influence in the world. The, the basic human desire apart from God is sin. Left to our own devices, left to just who we are at our base self, apart from God, we will devolve into nothing more than an animal, really. Ultimately, we will grow selfish and cold and heartless and only truly focus on ourselves. Apart from God, sin is the default position. We're separated from Him. That's what, that's what sin ultimately results in, is a separation from God. So Jesus presupposes that. There's this condition in the world where sin is in the world. There's darkness. There's, there's a lack of flavor or savoriness in the world. So there's a need for salt. There's a need for light in verses 13 and 14. In 14 particularly, he says, you are the light of the world. You're the salt. You're the light. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. In other words, there's, there's a plan. He says in verse 15, uh, they don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. You put it on a lampstand so that it can be seen that there's, there's a presupposition of sin and darkness in the world, but there's a plan that Jesus has for to light and to add salt and to, to change this condition. And he says, it's you, it's me, it's, we're, we're, the, we're the, the answer. Him living in us, him, it's, it's like uh, one candle lighting another and lighting another and lighting another until the room is filled with light. We are to be salt to reveal the corruption of our society. We are to be light to reveal God's truth, to let other people know, as Jesus did, that there's a need. There's, there's sin in the world. There's corruption. There's a problem, and it needs to be solved. It needs, it, and there is an answer. There is a plan, and it's you, and it's me. We're the salt. We're the light of the earth, but, but that light is so that we reveal truth in the world, the gospel, the hope of the world, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What does it mean to be salt? Why does Jesus use that analogy? Well, I think most of us know, but salt has uh, several characteristics. We're to, we're to add flavor to our society. It's been said before, if, if you were pulled out of your society, your circle of friends, your, how much would you be missed? If your church was pulled out of its community, of the area where it had influence. How much would it be missed? That's a measure of how much salt, how, how savory you are. What difference are you making? What influence are you having? But we're supposed to add 
flavor, our communities ought to look around and say, man, if you want to really know this community, you've got, you've got to know that church. You've got to know those group of people because they make a difference here. This place is not what it, what it would be if they weren't here. It's, it's different because of them. Uh, at your workplace, what difference do you make there? What impact would it have if you didn't go back to work anymore? How, how missed would you be? What would other people say about the fact that you're not there anymore? At your school, students, what difference are you going to make? What impact are you going to have at your school? Uh, are you going to be salt? Are you going to be light there in that place? Salt adds flavor. It also uh, has the power to help things remain pure, to cleanse, to, to clarify. Uh, some swimming pools use a saltwater filter to cleanse and to, to purify. It also creates thirst. Most of us know that uh, you, know, you could be out in the middle of the ocean and you can die of thirst. Water for a thousand miles in any direction and die of thirst. It's because it's salt water. It, it's, it's not the kind of water that, that produces life in us. It's the kind of water that produces thirst. It doesn't nourish us. It, 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 it produces a thirst. Well, when it comes to the gospel and to the hope of the world that we have, being light, being salt, we ought to create a thirst in people. They ought to see something in us that says, I want that. I thirst for that. I long for that. Being salt, is that's the impact we ought to have. What are people seeing in us that they want to be a part of? They want to emulate. Are they seeing a relationship with Christ that is so beautiful, that is so filled with joy and power and victory that they say, oh, I want that. Whatever they have, I want that. Are we being that kind of salt? Salt uh, also has the idea of contributing value to our society. Salt was a valuable commodity in Jesus' day. It really still is in our, in our uh, world today when you think about all the uses it has and all the ways that we put it to use. Uh, it, it still has great value. Are we bringing value? Is the church bringing value to our society? Do we matter? Are we important uh, to our homes? Not important because man has judged us, but because of the influence we're having, because of the difference for Christ that we're making in the world. Here's one that, uh, that is, is probably the biggest struggle for us. Salt also causes pain. Uh, you know that if you have a cut and you get some salt in it, boy, that's going to burn like everything. I mean, it's just really going to hurt. Well, what application does that have for what Jesus is talking about here? Well, I believe that, that one of the things that we're called to do is being like Jesus. Uh, you know, he made some people uncomfortable. He caused, if you will, some pain by speaking truth and declaring the gospel, declaring the good news of the kingdom of heaven. That upset some of the plans of men in his day and some of their goals and objectives. That kind of threw some things off for them. Uh, it, it, it turned upside down what they wanted to do and how they wanted to live and operate. Are we speaking truth into people's lives? Are we being sought for the gospel in such a way that those who don't know the gospel, who aren't living according to the good news of Jesus Christ, who aren't seeking to obey God and follow him, that it, it, it kind of causes them to say, you know, I'm, I'm not comfortable with it. Uh, you're, you're presenting something different to me. Are we, are we impacting them in such a way that they, that they are saying, you know, it, you just, you're, you're kind of helping me see that things aren't right. Things aren't what they're supposed to be. 
Or are we just kind of going along with the flow and saying, oh, just live and let live? You know, folks, I, I really believe that we have a mission in the world. Souls are, are lost and dying and on their way to hell. Uh, it would be totally irresponsible of us to just simply go about our way every day and act like, oh, everything's fine. We just need to let everybody know that things are positive and keep upbeat and everything's good. Don't have any, somewhere, some way along the way, we've got to proclaim the truth. If we truly love people and we truly want to see people better and following God's plan and moving forward with Him, there comes a place, a point in time, and, and I believe it ought to be in relationship where there's trust and where there's, there's, uh, there's an understanding that, that what we are speaking, we're speaking in love. The Bible communicates that. We're not called to be mean and belligerent and just beat people up. Uh, certainly not with the gospel. But we are called to proclaim the truth. To let people know that there is hope and there is good news for them. But it comes by telling them the truth. And that's going to be uncomfortable. That's, dare we say, going to be painful at times. But much like surgery, there's some pain. But the intention and the desire is that it brings healing and wholeness and health. Restoration into people's lives. Well, the last thing is that salt preserves life. Uh, probably not so much active in our world today as it once used to be, but salt was known very clearly as a preservative back in the day. And, uh, and we are called to preserve life, uh, to, to see that there, uh, not from the unborn to the oldest among us, there's a soul that Christ died for. And, and we need to do everything we can to both allow that life to be and grow and become everything God wants it to be, but also to preserve it, not just for this life, but for all of eternity. So let's be faithful in that. What about light? He talks about salt, but he also talks that we're the light of the world. Well, light is only useful when it shines in the darkness. I don't see too many people walking around with flashlights on in the middle of the day. Why? There's no need. There's no need. So light only shines in the darkness. Well, here's another one. We may not be all that much comfortable with it, but some of us only walk in circles where there's nothing but light. And honestly, uh, we need to be led of the Spirit to walk into some places where there's some darkness, some lives, some relationships, some people, not just not not for the sake of of just being around darkness, but for the mission of shining light into the darkness. We need to be clear on that. So we need to pray. It needs to be led of the Lord. It needs to be under good advisement of those that we know and trust as well that have the same mission. But we must go into dark places and enter into dark lives. If we're going to shine the light, if the light of the gospel is going to be effective. Light also uh, remains visible. It's only useful if it can continue to be seen. We can't, you know, the little song we learned in Sunday school, we can't hide it under a bushel. No, <laughs> we need to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it be declared. Let it be proclaimed. Don't be ashamed. Be bold. It's the greatest message in all the world and it saves lives. It saves souls. For all of eternity. Let's proclaim it. And light's also only useful when it burns brightly. 
You know, I don't know about you, but there, it's it's pretty disappointing to me if I need a if I need light, if I need a flashlight, uh, and I go to turn it on, and I just get that dim glow because the battery is worn down. Oh, I just uh, it just you know, there's such a feeling of defeat and oh, what a waste. I want when I push that button or turn that turn that on, twist it, whatever you do with that light, I want it to burn brightly. I want it to shine brightly and fill the space of darkness with light. So uh, let's burn brightly. If you don't know how to do that yet, learn. Get into God's Word. Uh, reach out to someone who's already doing it. Reach out to a pastor, someone, and call upon them and say, help me, I want to burn brightly for Jesus. I want the gospel to flow out of me, and I, and I need help to get better at that. Uh, we can help each other that way. You know, sociologists tell us that the average person will influence 10,000 other people in their lifetime. Boy, what an impact. What a responsibility you and I have. And oftentimes we don't even realize it when we're influencing and impacting someone. But uh, let's, let's do all that we can to be effective. Well, let me wrap this up. There's a problem here. Uh, Jesus speaks of the, there's a danger of the salt losing its flavor of, of not being salt or not being light. He says there in verse uh, 15, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a, a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. Uh, there's a danger that we could fail at this, that we could be ineffective at this. It's part of why I'm preaching the message this morning, because I think we need to, we need to up our game when it comes to being salt and light in the world. There's a danger that we as Christians might lose our value to the kingdom of God, not lose our value to God. We're, not gonna, we're never going to lose our value to God. We're always going to be valuable to Him. But we can lose our, our influence in the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God. In the New Testament, we find three cases where God had to weed out spiritual cancers or contamination in the church through death. Isn't that tragic that that had, had to happen? In Acts chapter 5, uh, we see that, that there was the cancer of hypocrisy. And Jesus, uh, God through, through uh, different ones, had to weed that out. In James chapter 1, there was immorality that had to be dealt with. Uh, and in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, there was unrepentance. I, I'd love to have the time to all, unpack all of those, but 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 these three things were, were cancer, hypocrisy, proclaiming to be something that you really weren't, and actually being something evil, much worse. Immorality, uh, lust of the flesh, uh, sexual immorality, uh, behaving in ways with our bodies and with other people that, that God has clearly defined as immoral, that biology itself, even when, we, when we're uh, willing to see it, proclaims as immoral. And unrepentance, uh, prideful spirits, not willing to acknowledge that we are uh, sinners in need of a Savior or that we have come up short of God's plan and purpose in our life at times and called out to Him and repented and, and come back. Friends, uh, I, I agree with Paul. I die daily to sin. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe that I sin every day in word, thought, and deed, that it just happens unconsciously. 
but I do believe that I'm, I'm, an in, I'm a finite human being and every day God helps me to see how uh, I can be better, I can grow, and I need to be humble in that. And Would you pray for me that I'll have a humble spirit, that, uh, that I'll see how God is speaking in, into my heart and life and how he's, he's bringing other people into my heart and life, uh, my wife and my children, others that know me and love me the, the most, that see me at my most vulnerable uh, as they speak into my life, uh, those that I serve with, that, uh, that I'll listen and that I'll receive that and receive that for what it is and that I'll grow in that. Would you pray for me and I'll pray for you. And, and you know what I'm convinced of? When we pray for one another, uh, it, it focuses us more on the needs of others. So our problems tend to diminish a little bit and it just makes us all better. It just helps us all be more Christ-like in who we are. So let's, let's commit to doing that. That's a good thing, good way to respond. Well, there's also a purpose. And this is the final point here in the message. The purpose of being salt and light is to glorify God. To glorify God. Look at verse 16. Let your light so shine before men. Why? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If, uh, if my good works bring glory and honor to me, then I've failed. I've missed the mark. And I, I, I want to be confessional at this point. There have been times when I, when I truly believe that I'm guilty of this. I didn't seek it out. I didn't intend for it to happen. Uh, but I probably also didn't deflect the adulation and honor that was coming my way as much as I should have. Uh, my, my works, my service to the kingdom of God and the church, uh, I want more and more and more every day all of my efforts, all that I do to bring glory and honor to Jesus. Uh, when, when am I successful? When others see my good works and say, who's his savior? Who does he know? Because that's just Greg. There's no way that that's, that's just from him. This points us to somebody else. There's another source. That's when you and I are truly being successful at being salt and light in the earth. When we're having an influence that causes other people to say, who's their savior? Who do they know? Who's this Jesus? Where's this coming from? How does this happen in their life? This isn't ordinary. This isn't common. This isn't natural. We need to investigate this more. When it's creating a hunger and a thirst and a desire for Jesus, you're on the right track. You're being salt. You're being light in your world. The purpose of letting our light shine and revealing our good works is not to bring attention to ourselves, but to God. Well, where do you stand this morning? Where do you stand with all of this? Are you being salt and light? I would imagine most of you are like me. You're, uh, you love the Lord. Uh, you're having some influence, but you wish it were more. You wish it was better. Uh, I want that. Uh, maybe you don't know the Lord this morning. Maybe you've sensed something in the message this morning and said, I hear all of this, but uh, I, I just, I haven't even confessed my sins. I haven't even invited Jesus into my life. I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. I just saw this, this bald guy on here uh, getting worked up about something and I, as I came across it and I stopped to listen. Well, good news. 
And Jesus died for you. He loves you. He's, he came to this earth. God in the flesh lived and died for you and rose again that you might have eternal life. And all he asks is that you believe in him, that you put your trust in him. Repent of your sins. Turn away from those things that you know aren't right. Get into the word. Read God's word. Friends, there's so many voices out there today, so many talking heads out there on TV and news and everywhere going about and saying everything in the world. Get into God's word. Read it. He will open up your heart and your mind. He will help you to see it and to know. He wants to make us into salt and light in this world to make a difference. Though a church, may, a building may be closed, we can still have an amazing impact in the lives of other people to be salt and light. I want to invite you this morning to pray with me. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, invite Him into your heart this morning as we pray. Invite Him to come in. Confess your sins. Acknowledge that you need Him. Acknowledge that you need a Savior. You can't do it on your own. And let Him change your heart and life. If you haven't been sanctified, if you haven't given your life completely over to Him, you've confessed your sins, but you haven't said, yes, Jesus, take it all. Take my whole life, my plans, my hopes, my dreams. Your plans, your hopes and dreams for me are infinitely better. I want to follow you completely. You can do that this morning. And if you've done those things, but over time and over the years, it's, it's kind of grown cold in you. It, the passion isn't there that you once had. The fire isn't there that you once had. Pray with me this morning and let's invite him again to, to rekindle our hearts and to, to stir the flame in us again to make a, a difference in this world, to be salt and light. Would you pray with me, Father? Thank you for these moments to spend some time in your word, to hear from you. This is your heart. It's not mine. These are your words. It's your message. I'm just trying to be the mouthpiece for it. But you've, you've put this in me, and I, I, I've, I hope I've done justice to proclaim it as faithfully as you would have me to. I thank you for each one that's listening, each one who's watching this and who will watch it in the days ahead. I pray that it will be like a seed that goes into the ground, into fertile soil, and it brings forth a great harvest in the days to come. And that every seed that sprouts up would be salt and light in this world, making a difference for you. Help me, Lord. I need you to be the salt and the light in the, the areas of life that I walk, in the places you've called me to. Uh, I thank you that you gave your life for me and that you're coming back again one of these days. I want to be ready. We want to be ready. So help us, Lord, in these days to be encouraged. We pray again, Lord, for those who are, who are facing challenges in these days. Uh, and that's all of us in one way or another. But those in particular that have special needs uh, this morning, Lord, bless them. May they be encouraged today to know that you are for us and you have called us out, and we can be salt and light in our world. May we make that decision today and renew our faith and hope and trust in you today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Uh, we pray that you'll find uh, through this week, through this day, many opportunities to share the gospel, to be salt and light in this world. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you again. Bye-bye.